This week on the Transit, we're uh, reviewing some of the uh, the big news and small news and fashion trends that uh, came out of the Society for American Archaeology conference in Vancouver, BC. Don't forget um, medium news too. Medium level news, very important to myself. <laughs> I don't even know what that would be. What would be medium? I don't know. News. Somewhere between the big news. It's and not. The small news. It's not fourteen thousand years ago. But oh. Like maybe like five thousand. Okay. That's All a lot right. of good medium news. That's year. like yeah. So would you guys? God. <laughs> you got something for us, Sean? I don't have shit right now. My brain's <laughs> not really. Brain's not really working. I got right. a topic. I'm, I've been thinking about this. Were the SAAs an echo chamber? I heard that a lot. I heard about academia being an echo chamber. I heard about CRM publications, like all these conferences, like people talking to themselves and not reaching out to the broader community, the maybe non-archaeological community. Did we? Uh, was anything said that impacted people beyond archaeology at the SAAs? Beyond archaeology. Beyond archaeology, oh, man. man. Did we have anything? Do we bring anything big to the global stage? I don't. I learned a lot of things that I really enjoyed learning. I don't know if I can take any of it outside of like my niche circle of archaeology friends. Yeah, um, could you give like an example? Was there something that you? Just, I don't know. I was thinking about your... this as we were talking, uh, or like as we were going to sessions and whatnot. Like, what of this is going to make it beyond these walls? Like, what's gonna what's gonna have the most impact? And I saw a few, a few talks that, like, actually, there's been a lot of uh, publications specifically on the Northwest Coast. Uh, of archaeology in mainstream news, like mm. the mainstream media. Right. Um, <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, CBC was running stuff. Right. Uh, there was uh, stuff on the the Shimshin uh, session, got a lot of press for Did the it? genomic studies with the Haida and the, uh, who all was it? It was Blinket Haida and then uh, the stuff on Lucy Island. So there were uh, connections between uh, ancestors from 10,000 years ago, archaeological remains connected to contemporary community members. That was big. That got a lot of press. And then also the 14,000-year-old site in Helsinki Territory, mm. another big one. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there were definitely some, like, hot-ticket items this conference. Uh, but, yeah, well, I, I'm trying to think of, like, something big that, that I took away or that that I was, like, I don't know. The, the biggest thing, honestly, that, that I remember what was this guy who was doing uh, a, a lipid analysis where he, like, ground up his pottery and then was running like fat analysis to see what kind of <laughs> animals were getting boiled. Wait, you had to. Well, you would have had to grind it up. Yeah, you have to grind up the pottery sherds. Why could you not just take a sample from the immediate surface? Maybe they did grind it up though. Why you couldn't take it? From, you couldn't scrape it from the inside to get the residue. I'm suspicious, Cody. Well, yeah, this I think it sounds like anybody that's worked in, <laughs> in in Polynesia with like the floor mats of Polynesian plainware knows that no tears are being shed for the odd body shirt. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's, that's and maybe these things are being soaked into the the fabric of the. Floor. I think that's yeah. kind of the idea. Is, yeah, you, they're not slipped. Yeah, and you can really get a good idea of like the things like that have kind of impermeated the kind of porous surface of mm. the ceramics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I thought that was cool. And that was a cool lab thing that I could do. Uh, but are they going to be talking about that on Capitol Hill? But they're not going to be talking about there. No one cares about that except for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had some interesting thoughts that I saw when I was there, Cody and Ian, if you'll allow me. I will. Okay. Thank you. I saw some, I saw some <laughs> disconnect a little bit when you talk about echo chambers of people speaking past one another. Uh, there is the indigenous archeology span session that was on Thursday morning and, there's quite a bit of a difference between American archaeologists and what they think sort of indigenous archaeology and how they define that compared to Canadian a little bit. And 
I felt like I really didn't understand some of the, you know, my my countrymen's um, positions on what they were defining as indigenous, and I didn't really see that being operationalized or really understood. It was a pretty 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 white room, and then there was the indigenous frameworks uh, symposium that was uh, happening on Saturday afternoon. I thought that one was really interesting in lots of ways, but at the same time, it's kind of grappling with some issues there of like where are we moving forward and um since you know 25 years since some of the early work in nicholas and uh, also not looking around the world and just seeing other examples of that and i saw some cool talks and some nuggets that were in that one i was trying to understand how ethnographic maybe analogy or we were talking about we were talking about this the other day weren't we, we were talking about like the direct historical approach how that's mm. sort of an indigenous framework and maybe we don't understand the definitions we're using there but overall i thought there was a good try and then there's a symposium i was in uh, community um, and collaborative archaeology, which I thought, like, those are all three different kind of similar sessions in some ways, but they're all not really connected in any way in the SAAs. I felt like they were just not really having a conversation or a discussion with each other, and that, w- that seemed to me to be a symptom of the SAAs, is there's a lot of interesting talks, a lot of interesting ideas, but the right people weren't all together in the right rooms. Did you guys... Mm. I actually... Mm. No, I, I totally agree with that. I felt at many points during the conference that, like, the symposiums ended up being kind of scattered like i saw my friend uh my, my friend travis present on uh these these i guess it's like a landscape uh view of of tonga and the the mounded like these ritually uh built mounds mm-hmm. and he was in he was in the symposium with a bunch of people who were doing like bone appetite analysis and he was not <laughs> in the symposium on ritually mounted landscapes. Yeah. And like n- for no reason that I could understand, like he, his topic was that topic, but he ended up in like this bone appetite one because he was in the South Pacific, but there was also somebody from Vanuatu in the ritually mounted one. So it just didn't make any sense to me. And I think like I, I was talking to one of the organizers and they, they seem to say that like they only have like like i think a half dozen people that are permanently employed like that are in charge of organizing everything everybody else is a volunteer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so maybe maybe that kind of brings a little bit to it i have like a different perspective on it i wish that everybody was mashed together i just want randomly assigned uh, symposia always i it's like uh, the chalk mole uh, method it's <laughs> everybody that uh, comes is all in like completely thematic sessions not based on geography because when i go to these big international conferences i find that i'm just seeing the talks uh of my friends who i'm very familiar with their work and i go to the symposia that i'm uh professionally connected with so i ended up Mm. just kind of i'm getting uh, a really deep look into projects i was maybe only uh more casually familiar with but it'd be really interesting if we could have thematic uh, thematic sessions and then jam people from all different uh, geographic areas into the same room. And that's where I feel like we're going to bridge some of those gaps. Like you felt people weren't uh, in some of the sessions going after examples from outside of their immediate research area. And if we could get, like, say, a theme and bring in all, I don't know, all different sorts of uh, North American and abroad on the same topic, I think it'd be really helpful. I'll do you one better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should. Uh, <laughs> I think we should not have any symposium not know anyone who's speaking. You just draw a number and you just get assigned a room and you just have to at least sit there for at least twenty five to thirty five <laughs> minutes and then you can leave and rotate just so you don't know what's going on, but you're gonna learn something because it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be across different breaths and different uh, 
subdisciplines. So, because I really what wanted do you guys to think, I want, I think <laughs> is that, is that too baked? <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to be able to like I was hoping to come out of that conference changing the way I do archaeology. It's like I wanted to have an update to my methods. Like, why didn't you come to my symposium? Then, Ian? <laughs> that was I noticed that Sunday morning that you weren't there. That's what it was all about. That was like that was the one I was like, this is it. People, this is it being operationalized. People are doing it in this room. And that always happens. I'm always in like the room. No one cares about Sunday, Sunday morning. No, sorry, yeah. Sunday afternoon. I, I'm I'm outing myself as a lazy millennial, but God, I did see some of those eight o'clock sessions that I really wanted to go to, and I was like, hey. <laughs> I missed a few of those. I missed oh, a few. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, that's tough. Cody. <laughs> I know. I could have made better use of because, like, you can jump around as a as a someone just going to see talks. You can you can create that mix and match if you get together. But I don't know. Once you're in a room, I feel invested. Like, I'm with them, with the organizers. I'm like, we're seeing this through to the end. <laughs> to the discussant. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to follow <laughs> I don't feel Like, I don't feel good just giving up halfway yeah. through. Although, I was in some where I was very much like, I, I watched the, like, one or two presentations at the start, and I was like, oh, these are good. And then, like, the entire, like, symposium just, like, really abruptly changed directions into something I was just not even peripherally interested in. In fact, and, it- and like angered you well well maybe <laughs> not anger but i just i did not have any of like the base context to understand what these people were talking about mm. i just went from being in a room where i was like hearing a little bit about archaeology to being in a room where i was hearing about bone chemistry and i wasn't even sure how it related to archaeology yeah, they, they they stacked the deck so they get you pulled in with some of the big names up front then they put some <laughs> chocolate in the middle with stuff you don't know where it's coming <laughs> from filler, and then filler. and then they try to get you to hang on with the disgusting like that's going to be the one that oh <laughs> through all the way to the end hey sean what, what when in your those symposium were, were you presenting? Yeah, were you were, were, Oh, I was. I was at ten. We were the Jay and I were at ten fifteen. So <laughs> we're, I, we're, right we're, we're right in the middle. We're like, you know what? Just I don't know what these cardboard. guys, <laughs> these jabronis, are doing. We're just gonna throw them right in there. Yeah, gotta gotta fill some time here. But our discussant was uh, Carolyn Dillon. She was she she was excellent. She did a oh, great nice. job of tying it all together. Um, I got a question for you guys. Uh, there is a, a a recurring theme of uh, like community uh, collaborative archaeology. Uh, indigenous archaeology over like the last couple of SAAs you guys have attended have you noticed uh, like a larger portion of indigenous people at the conference because, because like I'm just I was thinking kind of while I was there that like a lot of the the talks were really inaccessible to anybody who like just I don't was know. coming in as a someone not familiar with the discipline well specifically outside like the, academia the, well yeah mm-hmm. like the colonial kind of mechanism of the del- discipline you know mm-hmm. yeah i mean i mean that's uh, it's yeah i i obviously i know it's a very <laughs> it's a very white field what a tweed what a tweed yeah. <laughs> white, white a wash yeah. but it's uh but i i did notice quite a bit of individuals from different parts of all over north america actually that that seemed to be attending and sponsored it seemed pretty, like a good idea that, and i saw them in some symposium and, I thought, and they and they were giving great talks um, uh, one locally, Rudy gave a good, you were at that one, Ian, weren't it was really you? Really good, yeah. Yeah, and like, um, he really sort of captured that idea of sort of an indigenous uh, framework and sort of uh, telling a story there. And, I, and that, that, I find that kind of stuff moving and, 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 and something kind of to, to sink your teeth into a little bit mm-hmm. and see how you can put that into practice or what avenues you can explore. But are you, are you, are you trying to are you trying to ask a question about is it is it becoming more open and diverse as a as, yeah. as, a, as a membership? Well, I know or? they've been tr- I know it's that's been like a goal and that they've been trying to bring bring it in. And I was just like I don't have a really like 
deep time reference for that. I just, I know for like the last kind of two conferences, I've only been to like the last three conferences, but hmm. uh, so I just, I don't know if you guys had seen like any kind of trends in that direction or anything in the conferences. I, I have no idea. No, I, I can't speak to, I could put any empirical numbers to that. I mean, I do know that those indigenous or those collaborative or community-based symposia are, they are more present and they're starting to be and those conversations happening, but I, I don't know what the actual breakdown is of a, of how inclusive or, 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 or what the contribution is in sort of reaching out to. Because this conference was running at the exact same time as the reconciliation. That's yeah. right, yeah, in Kelowna, right? Yeah, in Kelowna, yeah. There was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of other draws, like the SAAs aren't going to be uh, a top. Yeah. Plus, I don't even, re- I mean, I mean, I, uh, I'm not a, really a member. <laughs> of the SAs, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think ha- we are technically. I, yeah, now. I, well, I guess we are. Let's but, all but. get into full disclosure mode here. <laughs> I got in because I said I would volunteer. Yeah, <laughs> I am some years, and I'm not other years. And yeah. and, and I sometimes when, get frustrated with American antiquity as far as like reading it and sort of the content. So I don't know if it's really inclusive of sort of indigenous ideas or frameworks. I mean, I did see a paper in 2016 that Ian McNiven got in there. And I thought that was really interesting to see it in American antiquity, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily a safe space for those kind of uh, discussions or narratives. Is that you, you guys agree or mm. that's yeah, I don't I, th- I think I do. But that would like I don't feel comfortable saying I agree, knowing that I have not been doing a good job of keeping up with that <laughs> publication. I'm, I'm like the bad boy of archaeology. Like, oh, I don't need to do my homework. When's it out on audiobook? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I would. That would a be lot of so much better. Starting to do that, and I think I would really appreciate it. <laughs> hey, do you? Would you guys be down to uh, read like, articles well, for audiobook? Yeah, side like side gig from the transects. Yes. Uh, you can just gather around and like. Yeah, just put it on. All right, so BC Studies has all of their top articles uh, read aloud, I think, by the author. I think each one has them read aloud by the I don't know if that's true. But they are uh, MP3 <laughs> files on their website. Nice. It's like the top 30 uh, articles. And then in addition, like Hackeye Media has started to do a lot of MP3 versions, audio versions of their articles. Just cool. If we just go like pirate radio and just start reading them and publishing them on just our podcast on network – just am radio like really late at night we'll just be yeah. reading academic literature over the airways you just can hear somebody knocking the it's this we're gonna shut you down we don't have we don't have permission to read that you're reading binford on a restricted like airline only aviation well, channel well, I, I would do it if i could like internalize what i think these people would sound like and sort of how they would project oh, to really get <laughs> no Sean, are you gonna do, you do impressions well i mean I, I can do some there's some people i know i could do impressions of, oh, and, then, and then there's others i'd have to sort of right no, they're not really. <laughs> I I get real. I'm sweating bullets just thinking about <laughs> how, how the hot water I would be in. Yeah, definitely <laughs> no impression, unless it's Cody or me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which Sorry. I want right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, I'm good. We're good. We're cool. All right, all right. All right. I'm still gonna request that later on. If you if <laughs> okay. you if you we'll sign up, we'll do that. To you. If you sign up as a donor to our Patreon page. Which doesn't exist right now. Uh, we'll you can access all of our impression-rich episodes. Yeah, uh, you can catch me, Cody, doing all of your heroes. Wait, or should we have? Um, I'll just read in the voice of uh, uh, Mitch Hedberg or something. I'll, I'll oh, do yeah. something like that. That'd be yeah. All right. Do we need to have like advertising gaps put in? Like we're preparing to get sponsored. Like just to let people know we're ready. 
for that for the big time. <laughs> Are you talking about that right now? Like this is actually we're we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna about take it a on air from our sponsors. sponsors. Abibus. I actually got a <laughs> I got a pair of <laughs> Abibus the other day, and, it, and he doesn't wear them because they're trash. As if anybody wants a size ten Abibus. Where, what's the other yours. one? The Nike one. What are they called? Nike. Nike. Nike B. Nike B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Abibus and Nike B. Speak, it's kind of a nice segue there, Ian. You're, you're talking about fashion, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I also wanted to get into uh, the fashion of the SAAs. I've been noticing conference wear change. It used to be that everybody was wearing uh, sweaters over top of button-downs. It's like, what's the least amount of effort you can put into looking a, like a little bit more formal? And that's what archaeologists are always shooting for <laughs> across the board. I'm right there with everybody else. I'm like right at the, the low effort. And it's all blazers. It is all tweed blazers mm-hmm. and some sort of non-suit pant and then boots. I was running into a lot of uh, young men, probably similar age as myself, uh, wearing flannel shirts and jeans, and then I ran into one that was wearing the same flannel shirt and the same pair of jeans as me. It was very <laughs> awkward. It's <laughs> guys... like one of those like mustard yellow Levi's flannel shirts, and then my Levi's jeans. Do you guys acknowledge each other? No, just like you look down at the ground and you look anywhere <laughs> but at the other person. I was definitely rocking corduroy um, blazers. Yeah, yeah I had my can, blue one and I had that ugly brown one. You can pull that off, though. Not a lot of people can pull off the corduroy. Yeah, it's a gift. Because I feel like I dress like – I'm starting to dress like that normally. But then when you when you look out and you just see a bunch of people who look exactly like you, it freaks you out. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. I am so predictable. You They're, look at them in the face. Yeah, it is shameful. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> We've been doing this for years. We had no idea. I so. thought I was, I was, I was <laughs> such a unique flower. No. But I'm just – like one of the dirty boys, other degenerate archaeologists, and what's with the hats crawling into this conference? Like, are they are they going oh, to be called? They could be called into the field like immediately, like after a session. They're like, oh shit, there's a there's a hot dig going on. <laughs> we I gotta get get out. Like, why are they so goofy? Like, I hate. I, like, I love my kind, but I also hate my kind because I hate the hats that people choose to wear. In I'm picking up a real goofy hat tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I want to show it to you. You guys want full disclosure here? You guys? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell your hat story. Uh, for actually, Sean, you've seen me wear my hat because uh, have I? Yeah, I have a fedora. Ooh, mm, I, know. I know. Okay, it's okay, Cody. Um, I got it for Christmas one year. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's from your mother. It was from my mom and dad, and uh, they were very <laughs> proud of me for graduating my undergraduate degree in archaeology. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, thought it would be a very funny and good idea to uh at my convocation uh instead of throwing my you know square oh. hat up in the air <laughs> what is. if i just uh, tossed my fedora the first archaeologist <laughs> yuck, yuck, to yuck, ever yuck. have that what that idea Were you struck down immediately by some sort of some guy phenomenon? somebody punched you no, no, nobody nobody stepped in to save me no. from You're myself on your own <laughs> nobody did that's did you leave it there like was do you still have this piece of a uh, it's in the back of my car. Oh, yeah. Mostly stays in the back of my car. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually been, like, squashed and pummeled enough that it actually is unrecognizable as a fedora mm. and may be cool once again. Yeah. yeah I mean, Just it give, it, come back. give it some years. Yeah. Although, yeah, at the conference, I did notice a lot of, like, real just crunched up fedoras. and I they, Tilly hats. Ooh, yeah. They didn't look that much better than... And I like a non crunched up and a lot of beards. Always, the, I mean, I was the only clean shaven person in a lot of groups. I believe that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a little scary. Yeah, archaeologists really like the beards. I mean, the men at least. Yeah, they they, they really like the beards. 
So we should we should preface this with that. <laughs> I'm I am mostly talking about like the man style going on at the SEAs. Oh yeah, I I I don't, I, I think I think there's <laughs> tweed tweed blazers all around. Yeah yeah, but there's I don't know. I, I don't remember what, what I, else I wasn't was. paying attention so much to the to the to the lady fashions because that that seemed all like good and cool and stuff. But the, it was the mm. guys that I was looking at and being like, oh god. You can just no, it's the guys it. all the time. I think I don't even I don't even really notice the, the the women in their clothes. People just seem nice, but it's the guys that seem to sort of uh, engender this sort of like <laughs> violent <laughs> rage inside me that gets me in <laughs> when I see them, and I don't mean it to come out. Yeah, <laughs> they're doing their best. We're all doing our best. Yeah, yeah they, everyone's everyone's trying. We just need somebody to tell us. Like there should be somebody not affiliated with archaeology at the conference. Like somebody that's from the conference center that just like says yes or no like a bouncer at a club just like yeah. mm, no <laughs> <laughs> go home sir you need to you need to change we but have at, rules at, here <laughs> at the same time I don't want to you know step on anybody's toes or tell anyone not to follow their bliss you know mm-hmm. if they're... yeah no okay I'm gonna start wearing um, just 7-Eleven tank tops and <laughs> And swim caps. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to be original, you should bring it. <laughs> real pale and just brightly colored tech tops. I, I do miss wearing shorts and flip-flops excavating. Yeah. I mean, I do. That's what I love about South Pacific. I, mm-hmm. I really don't like wearing pants and hiking boots. And Can you get steel-toed gear. flip-flops? Uh, I've looked. <laughs> um, but they, um, I thought they had them in Cocoa Beach at this place. But, but, but they, they didn't have them, actually. I can't believe you come from a place called Cocoa Beach. That's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the softest place uh, in the like world. Cocoa Beach, Melbourne. Cocoa <laughs> Beach. Just flip-flopping it. Welcome to beautiful Cocoa Beach, home of the beach and cocoa. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm going to visit one of these days. Actually, aren't there? There's there's some pretty substantial show middens along the coast. Oh, yeah, Florida has a uh, Florida has sites that go back fourteen thousand years. I mean, they have amazing, amazing archaeology in Florida. Wet sites, uh, shell middens that are deep antiquity. Uh, the St. Johns Rivers. Uh, I mean, there's just all kinds of places. It's uh, it's quite. Uh, Florida's really cool. It's really cool archaeology. Bryn was showing me that because he was he was looking through all shell middens archaeology, and that's something we have a lot of on the northwest coast. And I knew there was like I visited some up in Maine as a kid, and I. Uh, up in the northeast, but never down in Florida. And you show me these papers, and they have these massive, massive architectural shell middens. Like they're bringing it in, and it's like monumental. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. It's completely monumentalité, I think. And uh, and a lot of them, unfortunately, were um, mined like a lot of shell middens are. Oh yeah, yeah. But there's still some massive sites. And hmm. actually, I was talking to Ken Sassman. He, he was telling me about two sites he was going to go look at, in um in the St. Johns River Valley uh, that are inundated in a. They're going to do some work out there. So there's some fast – actually, that was another thing. Did you guys have really interesting conversations or discussions or people you got to meet that you really wanted to talk to and haven't seen or or learned something new just by not attending symposium but actually just hanging out in the lobby or at the bar or the kind of places and the spaces in between where you got to actually learn something um, new and cutting edge or at least just have a lot of good conversation? Well, one of my favorite things about the conference and, like, any kind of professional conference is I've – I've usually read like a lot of papers by a lot of uh, people, but I don't know what they look like because nobody has their face in there. Mm. And so I finally got to uh, meet uh, Julie Field and Scarlett Chu, uh, two people who I've read papers by, who but haven't mm-hmm. like n- 
you know, it was really cool to kind of put a, a face to the to the name, and that was that was neat. We didn't really have any substantial conversations because I I get a little bit starstruck and I just stutter. And uh, uh, were you like were you like a fanboy for uh, them? You did the Lumina. <laughs> 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 and they were like, God, who is this guy? <laughs> I got the thing where the person looks at your name tag, then looks at your face, and you're like, yeah, not interested. And he's, and he's kinda, <laughs> oh, I thought oh, you were somebody important. Yeah, I thought you were somebody. <laughs> Obviously, you're not anybody. And they kind of look at you. They look at the name tag. They look at you, and they're just like, no, <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> no. And that hurts because inside, I'm like, I'm a person, too. Like, you know, <laughs> I've got I, ideas. I have ideas. <laughs> I have ideas, too, guys. <laughs> what, about you, what about you, Ian? Me? I don't know. I was, uh, I was mostly – hanging out with old friends at the conference i don't know that i i got to to meet anybody i was i actually saw you having a conversation a real life conversation with somebody about the bamfield project was i yeah there are a couple couple conversations that i don't entirely remember (laughs) 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 i gotta be honest with you uh but uh, yeah, I wonder when that was. I don't actually recall. Oh, uh, another one of my favorite things was there was a bit of a do, an archaeology party mm-hmm. uh, on, I think it was Friday night. That's oh, probably when Friday. that conversation yeah. happened. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, had, I had a great time, but I also got to see people have a great time that I didn't know could ha- work, did have fun in that specific way, had that specific kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, that was great. Yeah, it was a good party actually. There was live music. It was loud, a lot of a lot of music, but a lot of people dancing that I mm-hmm. normally wouldn't think would be dancing, which I thought was interesting as well. I danced for about thirty-five seconds. Mm-hmm. That's a new record for myself. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it was good. It was man. It just was a lot of joviality and just a, a nice kind of cap on the on the thing. Although it wasn't. It was not even on the last day. It was like <laughs> the third last day of a five-day conference. <laughs> well, the Friday was cheaper. That's uh, <laughs> also like that's the, why we did it. The Friday was also like the last day I was mentally there. I think. Oh, at the end, we it started really mm. getting intense. That many sessions, and they're running till ten. They Everybody were running late, weren't they? But yeah. then, at the end, it everyone was like, "Oh, it's over so soon." Ever just like felt like it was an abrupt end, even yeah. though it, like the whole time people were just exhausted. Yeah, I needed drained. a weekend like on Monday when I came in. I was exhausted. Yeah, because I think because like because Friday night was a big party and you get to see everybody that's kind of working in BC, old and new. And it was kind of kind of cool to see everybody all in one spot and have lots of conversations. Saturday, I stayed to see a couple things and of course got asked out to have a quick beer with somebody and then you know. But I made it home in time. But then it was like first thing up Sunday morning, and then by that time I was exhausted. Yeah. Man, what a whirlwind uh, weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know who I, I actually had? I did. Are you guys talking about who you wanted to see and got to see in the old friends stuff? I did. One of the. one. Okay, there's a couple people I did want to see, and it was kind of important to me. One person that I had to see who I hadn't seen in seven years was uh, Ian McNiven, who works at Monash. Um, we worked together in P&G. So I got uh, and, and what's PNG? Oh, sorry. Also, Papu- what is Monash? <laughs> All right, sorry. Okay, yeah. So Monash uh, University is in Melbourne, Australia, Australia, and then uh, mm-hmm. PNG is Papua New Guinea. So uh, we had worked there. We wrote a few papers together with a bunch of other colleagues from that project. So I hadn't seen him in seven years, and it was really good to see him. Met his wife, Lynette Russell, who's a, a bright scholar in her own right. She's really done really amazing work too. So it was good to meet meet her for the first time and just kind of go out and have drinks and have dinner with them 
um, and just kind of talk about what's going on in, in their part of the world and kind of comparing that to some of the sessions because he was interested in what was going on with locally here in the Northwest Coast and some of the indigenous framework stuff. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever read like Appropriated Pass. No? Is that a, is that a, is that a no in the class? No? No? No one did their homework. (laughs) No one did their homework tonight. (laughs) Anyways, Ian and Linda, it's a powerful book. Everyone should read it. And then, um, oh, is that the one you have on your desk? No, that was that was by Patrick Wolf, who was her her mentor. She did her PhD with him. That book just came out. The the race structures of race. Yeah, yeah. uh, Traces of history, right? Yeah, Yeah. and yeah, that one's actually really good. That one's awesome. You guys should read that. Shout out to Patrick Wolf, um, because that that's pretty pretty good stuff. Cool. It's really and 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 and, uh, timely too. Um, and then the other the other person was I kind of wanted to see Ian Lilly and um, Ken Sassman from the Southeast, who was my old mentor. So I got to have lunch with him and catch up and just kind of just talk about what he's doing, what we're doing, and just kind of different things and family and that kind of stuff. And it was just good. Um, I did have kind of a funny experience that happened, though. It's not that funny, actually, Cody. But I'll tell you anyway. I want to <laughs> hear about it. Okay, so Ian and Lynette, we go out, have drinks. We have dinner in, in Gastown. And, and they invite me to this research network. Uh, like kind of roundtable discussion at that's if you harbor center mm-hmm. so i go and it's you know it's catered and and, and it's and, and it's about this sort of research money they got through monash and they're trying to develop this network this research network and it's a roundtable discussion with all these different scholars from all over the place and and, and different groups like firelight and uh, different indigenous uh, community members and then george nicholas walks in kind of late and it's kind of funny because you know he sits down he's kind of looking around the room kind of nodding seeing who everybody is and then he looks across at me he catches my eye, and I just like, kind of look back at him. And then his first reaction is just to kind of like just shake his head. <laughs> like, how the hell did you get in this room? And I was just like, hey, George. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. That was like my little yeah, thing. That good. I, that's one of, my, one of my favorite archaeology things is to serendipitously find yourself in a position where everybody at the table is like really well read on this subject. And now you're just going to have to fake it till you make it. You're going to have to pretend like you're not some kind of ignoramus. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of pressure. Or maybe that's just me. Maybe maybe I... No, no. I was completely out of my element. These, these are all the scholars. You know, I'm just kind of a junior guy coming along. So, yeah. Uh, okay. I want to ask uh, one more question. Just uh, right, get, Why are archaeologists so boring? Like, I don't understand... Like, I am a horrible speaker when I'm up there. We can take the most fascinating subjects and just rip the life out of them and just, like, drone. And, like, I am very guilty of this. I've put on some real snoozers in my time. And I just don't understand how we can do it. It's, like, the most fascinating and immediately intriguing subject. Everybody loves it. But, like, you go into some some of our talks and it will just destroy you. Public speaking is a skill. And a lot of people maybe have not you know, experimented with improv classes. I or need to take those. Like any kind of community theater or like something, but you can't just stand in front of a room full of people with no practice at doing that and expect to like really deliver your goods. Like you, every part of like presentation takes practice. And so I don't know, like that was a huge, I used to do a ton of that stuff specifically in order to give better presentations. Like, mm-hmm. like, and worked on that like mm-hmm. that was an active thing but i think a lot of people are like i'm i'm here to like my data will speak for itself it's yeah. like, no it won't if you if you don't <sighs> yeah. if you don't deliver it in a way that is 
like exciting and, and, and like at the least palatable, yeah. like it's not going to speak for itself. No, I, I agree with Ian and you guys and you, Cody. <laughs> like there's more people here. <laughs> um, no, I agree. Like I, I find archaeology, archaeologists can make the most fascinating subject or, or, or research so boring. I don't know why they don't do 10 to 12 slides, figure out the story you want to tell, and then tell that story. Uh, going into the paper and just trying to time it so it's 14 minutes just doesn't do it. Reading from a paper doesn't do it for me. You know, wh- why can't there be a happy medium? Like maybe write on a couple index cards, a couple key points or phrases that you want to get across, mm-hmm. read them out, look at the audience, engage them, tell a little bit more on your own, riff, and then move on to the next slide and the next card. It just, the paper reading kills me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, I don't know, if an imp- sorry, if a, if a stand-up comedian can stand you know in front of a room full of people and tell jokes for 15 minutes how come an archaeologist can't be bothered to like memorize some slides <laughs> and and just deliver something that I, I mean some do right i mean and you figure there were some really good talks oh, yeah some absolutely fantastic and, and the discussions can be really top can they they can really wrap it all together and tell you a good story but and you can tell when somebody like has that or when somebody mm-hmm. really cares like hopefully that yeah comes across but 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 you gotta figure most of them i don't know i mean i actually don't know what the breakdown is for the society for american archaeology like how many are consulting archaeologists how many are academics because you would think the academics are they're in class and they're teaching that this is something that should be second nature to them right there they can just get up there and talk for three hours with no problem but i guess like that's not really what you know that's not what's gonna get you tenure like your speaking ability generally isn't it's like it's it's your like cv right it's like how many times have you been published in what publications and yeah i mean or am i am i totally ignorant no, about that cuz i'm like true. not from that world really so. no but but I, but I i give more points to people that can give can tell me a good story and are engaging and also they're not an asshole that's always like a big plus <laughs> for me <laughs> should we uh just advocate for improv like you just get the title yeah. of somebody else's talk and then you can do 15 <laughs> minutes on it or just like <laughs> we'd all learn so much. Or just what's the deal? <laughs> Isotopic analysis. So. What's the deal with clam gardens? <laughs> I mean, is I it a clam or is it a garden? garden? <laughs> yeah, that was. So that's the worst, worst Jerry. Oh God! <laughs> Clearly, our ideas are not going to go anywhere. Maybe we should <laughs> organize. Did you guys fill out your comment cards? Yeah. <laughs> God, I did. They're going right in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> now let's let's write the essay. We'll tell them we'll organize the next year's conference. We'll do it in D.C. We'll yeah we'll do or we'll just do the one in Albuquerque and then we'll like we'll we'll set it up and we'll do it our own style. And see how people like it. If they don't, we won't do it again. You know what I want in the next SAAs? That's how like that's how Donald Trump got it. Obviously. Hey, uh, <laughs> you don't like it? Mm. You don't uh, like it? <laughs> I want mu- I want more musical stings. I want. Uh, I want, you know, like the Curb Your Enthusiasm music to start yeah. playing people off if they go overtime. <laughs> yeah. Shepherd's Crook. Yeah. I think I was going to yeah. run a session. Or just a gong. Shepherd's Crook, yeah. Yeah. There were some really loud alarms. People were turning those up as high as possible, like the 15-minute alarms. Like, <laughs> Did you hear some? I didn't hear any. I, I, it, was, it was good. <laughs> it was great. Man, yeah, yeah, I had fun. I had mm-hmm. fun this year. I saw some very inspiring talks that made me want to be a better public speaker because I like connected with them and I, I just there was a very clear narrative and it was just memorable. Do you remember which, who, who it was? Uh, actually, 
I say memorable. And I, <laughs> <laughs> that's that was the word. Yeah. <laughs> the operative you word had there. to call me on it, Sean. You always had to call me. I'm just trying to have a discussion <laughs> and understand. I actually do not recall who it was, but I uh, remember. I remember it being memorable. Okay. For a, a short time, and then it was not memorable because <laughs> I can't remember who it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's archaeology, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. What did you enjoy the most from the conference? Um, for me, it was when I I thought that I was walking into a South Pacific talk, and I ended up walking into a archaeology of the Koreas talk, and I actually learned a ton of, about Korean archaeology that I had <laughs> no idea about. It was great. <laughs> you were supposed to meet me in the same room, and, and I ended up in the archaeology of Korea. Korea. That's right. And you just got locked in all day. <laughs> no, but I was just like, I sat down for a session, and I was like, oh, well, it's, I guess you know, it's Korea is like not that far from the South Pacific. Well, like maybe this makes sense. It was like an island off the coast. That sounds cool and good. And I like, it was like the second talk, like halfway through the second talk, I was like, what? Wait a second. Mm-hmm. This is the Archaeology <laughs> of Korea Symposium. I regret not going to more of those talks. Like, that's always my biggest regret coming out of a conference. I didn't just, like, go and see all the Just, like, sit in a, in a random one, yeah. Totally off my topic. Yeah. Yeah, I think we need to do that more. I think you just need to go sit into a random room and just try to just open your mind and learn about a whole other area or idea or the thematic theme, whatever it is. Archaeology is quite regional. Like, the yeah. differences are... Mm-hmm. apparent when you go into those things and you kind of round it back to your echo chamber comment at the beginning of the show yeah. like you uh, that's the thing again like a northwest coast people reading the southeast or are, are, are people that are dealing with indigenous issues here in bc reading what's going on in south africa or east africa or australia or i mean what where what are we doing when we have these conversations are we actually aware of the larger world that we can pull these discussions together and and, and, and gain something from and have a deeper understanding I think that there's example. There's really, probably like anything. This is not like a really you know uh, brilliant takeaway, but like anything, there was there was sessions that I think really made a difference, and there were ses- sessions that I don't think made a difference, and you were really lucky if you hit all sessions that were good. Like mm-hmm. I think it's a it was a mixed bag, but there were real gems there to be seen for sure. Mm-hmm. I saw maybe less than one percent of the talks given. Oh yeah, and that's the other thing is like, how could anybody be expected to see like any, you know, real percentage of what was going on there? It was it was massive? Yeah, there it were so many. I mean, how many archaeologists do you think were present? Um, I actually asked them. They said four thousand. Are yeah, you serious? I thought it was between four and five. It, I mean, yeah, that'd be that's high volume. Massive, actually. Yeah, that's a huge volume. Yeah, I, I was volunteering, and I was I asked the one of the SAA employees, uh, like, how many? How many people signed up this year and how many are signing up in dc and they're like well usually we get a couple more if it's in america but only by like a thousand or more I was like, what I'm like, yeah yeah i was in austin a few years ago and that that thing must have been pushing five 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 and a half it was it was just packed and it was a lot of fun actually that's because yeah. everybody wants to go to austin. yeah austin was <laughs> great Austin that was that was just fun everyone was you can't believe i missed that one yeah, that one was really San Francisco's good, right? And then I don't hear Orlando on that list. No, I <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> I didn't go to Orlando. People are like, you can come home. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna go to a conference in Orlando. <laughs> so uh if you guys are ready to wrap up, I have a wrap up question for you. Do it. There it. All right. Will you be going to the Washington DC SAAs? I'm gonna say 
preliminary, yes. Just because I got family out that direction, I got people to visit. I can I can mix it in with with a with a visit back home. So I'll do that. I've never been actually. I've never DC's, been to DC. Been fun. Yeah, and, and there's some museums I want to check out that I've always wanted to go to. And, and I mean, it's possible. Albuquerque sounds funner to me. Or more fun? Is more funner? fun. More fun. So, yeah. uh, Dr. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Kanaten. <laughs> it sounds funner. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, more funner. More, more funner. <laughs> I don't know. I just like the Southwest. I like New Mexico. But I am considering D.C. It's <laughs> also going to be what? Same time of year? March? you got to think seasons here. Uh, it's going to be getting into some cherry blossoms in D.C. But the Southwest is just always just like nice and and I'm curious to see what the political climate is too. Like, will we have to like be activists and doing things while we're there at the conference, uh, mm. dealing with what's happening? It will be a political. I think it will be a yeah. more political conference. Than yeah. Um, what about you, Cody? Well, I was gonna. I, I I actually just asked this question to find out if either of you had family there that I could sleep on the couch. <laughs> on, so. um, that really drive five hours in every day. Uh, maybe stay not. In my place. <laughs> um, that's a long ways. I don't. I want to go. I've never been to DC either, and there's a lot of museums. And I also just I do want to see. Oh, like that's not even where like the the president is anymore. <laughs> the president lives in Florida now, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, I would like. I don't know. I'm a. I'm not an American, but I am interested in like the American institutions, and I, I would go see it. Yeah. There's a there's a waffle place right next to the Ford Theater where uh, Abraham Lincoln was shot. We'll uh, we're gonna go there. It's a Abraham Lincoln's favorite waffles, I think, is the the tagline. <laughs> that is that is not the, the name of the place. Do you think were waffles around in eighteen sixty? They would have been like in Belgium or something, wouldn't they? In the states, they. I feel like Americans during that time would have been like, "Get your foreign waffles out of my out of my America." Some yeah, speculative. There's a war going on. <laughs> like I'd imagine waffles weren't really being consumed at that time. Yeah, it's it's, it's not like a good use of sugar. If you're thinking just like straight caloric, you know, uh, you know, what, what do you call that? Uh-huh. Yeah. We need to do more speculative food. <laughs> food speculative yeah. Food. No I'm one, trying, reads, no one to... reads Sydney Mints. We'll just, I don't know what, what's going yeah. on. I'm yeah. Waffles yeah. and I'm, sugar. No, I don't even I'm trying to know think anything like about archaeologist. <laughs> like what's the, what's the caloric value versus walking to that waffle place in the 1800s? Like mm. they've got better uses. They, they can spread those calories out better as a. But, all right, let's learn the lesson from the 1980s. Like, it's not all calories. We can't just reduce human life into calories. People were going distances for. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I for mean, obsidian and all kinds of there stuff. Were, people were wasting calories. People had their their Stone Age Fitbits on, and they mm. were counting every one of them. <laughs> yeah, they totally were. <laughs> hey, should we do a, like the archaeology of steps? Because those seem to be big right now. <laughs> <laughs> Step counters. Like? Yeah, like how many steps? Like not ca- how many calories would it take to to hunt and uh, consume an animal, but like how many steps yeah. would it take to get there? <laughs> <laughs> and we could do big tables of like steps per uh, prey. Like. You could do cool graphics because you'd mm. have footprints traveling around. And oh, they could, they yeah. could be There's like the possibilities around animated, and we that could do do a sponsorship with Fitbit. With Fitbit, yeah, oh, we need more sponsorships. Speaking of which, <laughs> um, <laughs> this episode's been brought to you by. No, can we say that? I don't we, know what we can say. What can we, we're going to say. It's been brought to you by Bowen Island, uh, Reef Break, Hemp Blondale. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what Sean's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to stand behind that because I don't believe in hemp bale. I think that that's, uh, that's pseudoscience. Oh. I think that the... Uh, the pseudoscience? Well, it's like... They... It, it's, sorry, I, I meant like holistic. Like I think there's like a drop of hemp 
in there, mm. and then they wash the drop out. Because they're not, it's like homeopathic. Yeah, sorry, homeopathic, that's the word. Um, I, I mean, if we are going to sponsor, I would have them like Yellow Dog. Yeah, Yellow Dog. Swamp water. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to drink a beer called Swamp Water. There's a skunk ape. I actually took a picture of it and sent it to, uh, it was a swamp ape that sent it to Little Christopher from Florida. Yeah. I, I talk, we talk at length about the skunk ape on the other side. 